Hey, everybody, and welcome to my brand new podcast, Conversations That Connect Us, Her Side of the Story. I wanted to come on and just give you a little background as to why I decided to launch another podcast and what I'm trying to accomplish with the podcast. And if you want to be a guest, now you have a better understanding of what I'm trying to do. And then maybe you'll reach out to me and come on. I have received such overwhelming response, and I believe I have about 42 guests scheduled so far. So what originally was going to be a weekly podcast, I believe I may have to do a daily podcast, or I may have to do, you know, every a couple times a week podcast, because I want to make sure that we get everybody through the podcast before next Christmas. So um, I, I, I've been out of the saddle for a little while. Those who've been following me know that I had a pretty significant health event that happened in December of uh, 2021. Um, I was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. And it literally uh, has been the um, toughest period of my life, to, to say that very lightly. Um, when you go from having a very, very busy, fast-paced um, life to not having the ability to walk, not having the ability to use your hands, not having the ability to go to the bathroom by yourself or dress yourself, um, it completely completely changes your life, gives you new perspective on things too. And um, I can honestly tell you that one of the things um, that I've learned now being able to look back on what had happened in December is that there was a community of people around me that helped me get better. There was uh, from the doctors to the therapist, to my roommate, Gail, who I hope is watching this, um, to obviously my amazing husband, um, my my family, the incredible tribe of friends that we have, there was a community of people to help me get through what I needed to get through. And a lot of times when I'm on the phone with with uh, clients that are coming in and, and they, they're just going through something in life and they just can't sort it out and they certainly can't get through it by themselves. Um, a lot of the conversations that I was having, uh, there was a lot, there was just so much connectivity and commonalities between the conversations that I thought, you know what, I need to come on and and just allow other people to share their side of the story, to really, um, you know, share with us what they went through, how they got through it, um, who helped them, um, you know, what, how, how did they navigate a, a, such a hard time in their lives? And everybody's story is going to be different. And um, I wanted to give a platform to where people could come on. They could share their stories. They could share their struggles. They could share their triumphs. You know, they could share all their wins and their victories so that somebody else who is watching may be able to say, you know what, that's me. And if this person was able to do it using these techniques or using, you know, these affirmations or, or finding this person for help, I can do it too. So it was really just to create a platform for women to come on and just literally share their side of the story, share their perspective. So I want to also just share a little bit, since this is the launch of the podcast, my first guest will be coming on next uh, next Wednesday, uh, Joanne Oscar, and she's got a great story. And I met her on LinkedIn. Um, and the reason that I was drawn to her was because in her uh, bio summary, it was, I just, I, I want to empower women. I want to help other people. And I thought, sign me up as somebody who I need to know. But I want to just kind of take you through a little bit of what I've gone through over the past eight months. For those who don't know, um, I had spent 28 years of my life uh, trying to let go of all the trauma that I endured at the hands of my first husband. 
And it took me a really long time to be able to talk about it. It really took a long time for me to to heal to a certain extent. I think I'll always be healing. Anybody who's ever been through any type of abuse, whether it's physical, sexual, emotional abuse, it takes a long, long time. And I don't know if you ever truly recover or heal from it, but I do think that you learn how to apply it to different um, things in your life. So I had thought, being 51 years old, that I had been through the toughest parts of my life. I felt like I had already experienced the lowest I could get. Nope. I think all that I went through was, was training for me to get to, to get to where I needed to be December the, the, the 22nd of 2021. <laughs> and real briefly, uh, Carmen and I were getting ready for Christmas and you know how my husband likes to get ready for Christmas or any holiday um, is just, he loves to cook. He loves to, you know, um, share uh, traditions and things. So he was feverishly getting everything ready for the holidays. We had the kids coming and was coming home from South Korea and everything was just great. Like I was super, super excited. Um, I'm always excited when I get to spend time with my kids and my family <laughs> super excited about that. So Carmen was cooking away feverishly. I was um, recovering from a dental surgery that I had a pretty significant dental surgery that I had beginning of December. And uh, so I was kind of laying low, but I was, Christmas is my favorite time of year. So I was all jazzed up about that and last minute shopping, last minute decorating, you know, and I woke up one day and I just didn't feel right. And this was December 20th. I woke up. And I just, you know, this didn't feel right. Kind of felt numb, like kind of like in my lower back, my midsection. And I thought, well, you know, I've had to sit up for two weeks to heal uh, from this dental surgery because I had so much bruising. And of course, obviously, if you lay down all the way, um, the bruising gets worse. So I had kind of was sitting up in our bed and yeah, we just thought, oh, I got a pinched nerve. So went into my chiropractor, Dr. M.A., which I hope she's watching, and Went in and saw her like I normally do twice a week. And I just kind of explained to her what was going on. So initially she felt the same way. She was like, well, let me just see if it's pinched nerve, you know, if there's something that's going on. So uh, she put me on the decompression table and, and all honesty, I felt a little bit better. I felt like, oh, it was just, I'm sitting up and this is all that it is. Um, and, you know, she, she continued to check in on me um, by the 21st of December. I still wasn't still just wasn't feeling right. And it felt like a little bit of the numbness kind of moved down my leg some. So I saw her on the 22nd. And by that point in time, I didn't feel comfortable driving myself because my legs just felt really, really tired. Um, and so my husband dropped me off and I went in and I saw her and she was like, look, I don't like this. Um, she said, it's presenting like something called GBS. And I had never heard of it. And she said, I really think that you need to get it checked out because it can, it can accelerate very quickly. And I think this is what you need to go and do. And um, my husband came in to pick me up and they sat down and they said, listen, you need to go and at least get checked out. So I made sure everybody was aware of the fact that it was three days before Christmas and I was not going to be in the hospital or anywhere other than home for the holidays. So decided to go over to the little mountain hospital that we have up here. And, um, kind of stated my case, same thing. Nice to be here, getting checked out. 
by this time, the numbness had kind of moved down into my legs and my feet to the point where um, I had to kind of help my leg when I was putting my leg up onto the curb. And it was very weird. Um, But of course, I was trying not to pretend like I was concerned about it because, again, I was not going to be in the hospital for Christmas. So we get into the hospital, we get into the ER, they start running a bunch of tests. And the doctor who actually saw me in the hospital was super concerned. And she said, um, I'm going to be running an MRI and I'm going to do a spinal tap or a lumbar puncture. And I'm like, why? What do we, I don't understand this. And um, she says, well, I just want to rule out everything that I can rule out. So um, I went through all of the tests. I went through tremendous amounts of blood work and ended up having a spinal tap. And she came back in and um, she said, um, you have Guillain-Barre. And we are going to air vacuum to wherever has treatment. So I remember this, this, this doctor, very, very pretty doctor, younger doctor standing at the end of my bed and I could see her mouth moving, but I really wasn't listening to what she was saying. I could see the kind of fear in my husband's face. And I'm like, it is three days before Christmas. I don't care what I have. I'm not going to be in the hospital for Christmas. So it was a God thing for sure, because this particular doctor had had GBS herself. And within, I believe, hours of being diagnosed, she was on a ventilator, pretty much fighting for her life. So I knew that as she stood there with tears in her eyes, I knew that I better really start paying attention because um, it's one thing to miss a Christmas. It's another thing to lose your life over being stubborn. So I decided to listen to her. And at that point, I really had no choice. So um, with Guillain-Barre syndrome, it, it, the biggest fear is that it paralyzes your, your kind of your diaphragm in your lungs so you don't have the ability to breathe. And obviously, that's not something that I wanted to have happen. By the time December 23rd rolled around, um, they had moved me from the emergency department into intensive care over at Piedmont Mountainside. Um, uh, it had started going up into my into my my chest and into my arms, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm I'm going to be I'm I'm going to be on a ventilator. I'm going to be fighting for my life here in a minute. And it was a very it was a very um, out of body feeling. And um, I can remember my husband. You know, he couldn't stay with me in ICU, and it was only 20 minutes away from our house. So I sent him home for the night, and I was sitting in the intensive care unit waiting to get transferred to Emory because that's where they had the treatment. And um, I couldn't believe it. It was a very surreal experience. So here I was three days before Christmas. You know, my son was coming home from South Korea that night. My other son and his girlfriend were all planning to come up and be at the house. And I'm sitting in intensive care. And it happened so quickly. So fast forward to the next day, I get transferred over to Emory. And I start my five-day IVIG treatment. And between December 22nd and December the 28th, I lost my complete ability to walk. I couldn't use my legs. I couldn't move my legs. Um, the, the paralysis had moved all the way up to about here. Um, I couldn't feel my arms. I couldn't use my hands. Um, I was terrified. Uh, only by the grace of God, I believe, and a ton of prayer, uh, it never took over my lungs. 
or my inability to breathe. Um, there were days where I can admit now that I was really struggling to breathe. And I didn't want to admit that to anybody else when I was in the hospital because I didn't want to go back into intensive care because I didn't want to lose my my husband's ability to be there with me. But I managed to get through it. And um, by December the 29th, the uh, paralysis had gone up into the right side of my face. So I had Bell's palsy. Um, I couldn't shut my eye. I uh, got to a point where I had to um, put it where uh, a patch on my eye because it wouldn't close. And um, I couldn't smile. Like it was literally within a, a five to six day period. My normal life as I knew it was completely gone. Um, other than the fact that my husband was by my side every step of the way, anything that looked like a normal life for me was gone. So you can imagine if you know who I am, how difficult that was for me. So I was in the hospital from December the 22nd until January the 21st. I spent nine days in the hospital and I was transferred into rehab where I met an incredible, incredible roommate. Her name is Gail. She had the exact same thing that I had, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, Hers came from a pneumonia after uh, she had experienced COVID. Uh, We still don't know what caused mine. Um, We're not sure if it was my COVID vaccines that I had or if it was indeed the the, uh, dental surgery that I had and some type of an infection had set in that triggered the Guillain-Barre. But um, anyway, I ended up in in rehab, in a room with somebody with the exact same thing. So it allowed us to compare a lot of notes, but it also started to give me the ability to kind of step back and realize like, why am I going through this? Like, haven't I been through enough in my life? Like, haven't I been through like everything that I had been through with my first husband, everything that I had been through in the past five or six years of my life, all of that stuff that had happened. I'm like, seriously, let's just add something else on here because Jen's not strong enough, evidently. But I really realized that, you know, when you don't take time to slow down in your life, life's going to slow you down. Whether it's um, a medical thing that's going to come up or something that changes in your life drastically, if you need time to slow down, you're going to, something is going to find the ability to give you time to slow down. So I came out of the hospital, you know, um, again, I was surrounded by an incredible group of doctors and therapists and um, just people, just wonderful people, people I would have never met. Our paths would have never crossed had I not had GBS and ended up in that hospital. I would have never met these people. And a lot of them currently today, I'm helping and I have the ability to help. And it's, it's, it's awesome. But I came home, couldn't walk, could use my hands, but they weren't great. Um, and then I, I came home and my husband became my 100% caretaker. He was taking care of everything, everything for me. Um, thank goodness I didn't lose my ability to go to the bathroom. However, I just couldn't get up and go. So my husband had to even help me with that. So um, again, within a month of my life being this ready for the holidays, ready to do all these things, um, it was changed literally in the blink of an eye. And um, it was, it was, a, it was a, I look back now and it was a very scary time, a very depressing time. Um, I am for sure coming out of this whole situation with PTSD. I had it before 
but now I have a newer version of it, I swear, because of just, just your inability to do anything. So, you know, I was given a prognosis of six months to a year before I could start walking. And I started walking within, I believe, eight weeks of diagnosis. Um, And then I started to drive. And then I started to, um, you know, uh, walk without a walker, walk without a cane. Um, I sit here eight months later and I'm pretty much back to normal, at least from the waist up. But what I learned is you have to find blessing in the chaos. You have to find, you have to find the good moments in the scariest parts of your life. And that is something that I really had to, I had to really look hard for this because it was really difficult. Um, and then, you know, I did, you just have to learn how to overcome your obstacles. I can't begin to tell you how many times I sat on the couch crying my eyes out, telling my husband I was never going to walk again. He was going to leave me because I was a burden. Um, and that this was what my life was going to look like. This was permanent. And every time I said that he would hug me, he would kiss me. He'd be like, Nope, you're going to be fine. You're going to recover. You're going to get through this, you know, and it, it, it comes to just making sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. And, um, I gave a visual a couple of days ago on, on a video I did that it's kind of like crowd surfing. Remember crowd surfing? You go to concerts and like, you know, either the the lead singer would jump out into the crowd or somebody in the band would jump out into the crowd and um, surf. People would hold them up on, you know, and move them around and then move them back up to the stage. I had that vision in my head so many times when I couldn't walk was just, you know, who in my life is going to be there to carry me? Who in my life is going to make sure that although I have a little bit of a detour, like somebody crowd surfing, I ultimately end back up where I need to be, which is on the stage. And the people that came out when I was at my lowest, lowest point are going to be the people that I keep in my life for the rest of it. Now, some of those people have surprised me. Um, Some of these, some, some of the people I have, they have been a um, spectator into my life. They've never really connected with me. But when they heard that I was sick, man, did they show up and they showed up in full force. And then there were people that, you know, were in my life that I thought were really, really, really good friends through thick and thin. And some of those people didn't show up. And, you know, I I understand because when somebody goes through something like I went through, you don't really know what to say. You don't really know what to do. So maybe that was the reason. But I had a new sense of who my tribe was. And I think that's important that we need to always know who our tribe is. We need to know who those people are that we can count on through thick and through thin. And, um, you know, I think the, I think the new group of people who are around me now are people that, um, you know, have all had their own struggles in life, have all made through, made it through it, have had, you know, they, they have such compassion and empathy and um, it's just, it's just been extraordinary. Uh, I, I have a, a very good friend, Nick, and um, he texted me every day and checked in on me and made sure I was okay. Um, would send me scripture or would send me a song to listen to, or would send me something every single day. It took him two seconds out of his day to do that, but he did it. 
And then I had clients and I had other friends who every day checked in on me. Um, and it was just, you know, it's overwhelming. You, you learn, you really learn who the people are that you need to have in your circle. And I did. And then more than anything, I learned how truly powerful your mindset is. And um, what was what was really interesting for me and, and kind of neat was there's so many people who I have coached in mindset. There's so many people who I have helped move them from a really, really crappy piece, place in life to a really great place. And those people were sending me text messages and phone calls, sharing the things that I taught them. They were giving back to me as, as a form of inspiration and motivation. And again, it goes full circle. And, you know, I'm going to get ready to wrap it up, but I really wanted to just come on and talk about why it is that it's important for people to feel heard, to feel appreciated, to feel loved, to have a a platform to be able to kind of air um, their struggles, just like me, have an opportunity to sit and tell you what I learned from it all. Um, and I, and I'm glad that I'm able to do that. I want these to be empowering conversations. I want them to be conversations that do truly connect us. I want to give people, they have the ability to tell their side of what happened, their version of it. And, um, and I hope that you tune in. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I really hope that you, if you want to be a guest that you reach out to me, um, you don't have to have any podcast experience whatsoever, but uh, I would really love for you to join me on this journey. So I'm going to wrap it up. I hope you tune in next week for our first guest, Joanne Oscar. And um, in the meantime, if you want to just send in things that you want us to talk about, please send them to me, Jennifer at smartmoneygalcoaching.com. Send me a direct message on Facebook or LinkedIn. And um, I look forward to to coming in and um, introducing you to some extraordinary people who you may find yourself in. Um, Their struggles may be um, you know, your survival guide. And uh, I can tell you that um, there are some extraordinary people who you're going to meet some very, very interesting and truly blessed and strong women. So have a great, uh, great rest of your afternoon. And um, I look forward to coming back next week. Bye, everybody.